Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hello, everyone. How are we? Are we doing well? You know, the world's still here. (laughs) So there's that. I made good progress on my very hard paper that's due on Wednesday. So there's that. I hope by tomorrow I'm at least finished the first draft. So pray for me. Besides that, I mean, nothing is really going on. Of course, it's due Wednesday, the day of the inauguration, which is going to go fine, right? (laughs) It's going to go fine. So this was the final week of the finale. The final week of the finale. The final week of the reunion, which is the finale. It was fine. Pretty non-eventful, of course. I'm going to go through and talk about the finale. Um, If there is time, which I'm sure there'll be, I'll dig into the archives to find some Team Mom questions to answer. Next week, I will be doing, I'm 99% sure, a throwback episode. You'll see it when it gets posted. I I don't know. I don't want to like specifically say it's not that exciting. I just don't want to like hype up something that might not happen. But next week will be a throwback episode. And then let me look at the calendar. I know T-Mom OG premieres on the 26th, which is my best friend's birthday. So that's fun. Actually, next week is two of my best friend's birthdays. It's funny, almost all of my like very closest best friends are Aquarius and I'm a Gemini and Aquarius and Gemini apparently get along very, very well. And that is definitely true for me. I just lost where I was because I realized the third friend, I wasn't sure the exact date of her birthday. And I was like, oh my God, did I miss it? But I didn't. It's the 28th. (laughs) Here's the thing. If you became my friend in after I was 18, maybe, I have a hard time remembering your birthday. Now, on every October 17th, do I remember my friend's birthday that I have not spoken to in 15 years? Yeah, of course. I mean, we sometimes will like DM on Facebook but or Instagram, but like we haven't had a real conversation or seen each other, I think, since 2009. <laughs> so and before that was the first time we had seen each other in quite a long time. So but I remember her birthday. But if you even if you're one of my very good friends, I just I don't know. My brain just like stopped remembering those things. And the two other friends are childhood best friends, which is how I remember <laughs> their birthdays. Anyway, oh, so the one, two Teen Mom news items. One, Janelle has posted on her TikTok that she has, I think she might have posted two things because earlier this week I saw a comment she had left on a TikTok video. Now, I don't watch Janelle's TikToks uh, because I don't care about Janelle's TikToks. I will say Jace has a TikTok now, and I <laughs> I looked through it recently, and it, it made me laugh. It, it's just, like, very much the TikTok of an 11-year-old. It's, like, very age-appropriate. So, I mean, an 11-year-old shouldn't, that's also famous, like, should not have a public TikTok account, of course, so that's not age-appropriate. But, I mean, as far as the content, it's just, like, stupid jokes and, like, videos of him and his siblings. So... Janelle left a comment on TikTok, which I saw on Reddit, that somebody was like, do you have custody of Jace? And she said, my mom and I still have 50-50, but Jace lives here full time now. And I think she must have posted another video maybe talking about it because I've gotten a lot of comments like that seem to be specifically on her saying she has full custody in a video. 
So I'll just go off the comment that I saw. And I think, I mean, is this true? I don't know. Uh, Janelle lies a lot, as we know. Um, But do I believe it's possible that Jace lives with her full time now? I guess. I mean, I guess it's possible. I, I mean, maybe if he's totally in virtual school, although I can't imagine... I mean, Jace has learning disabilities, so I would imagine uh, homeschooling him is a little tougher, like virtual school, which I say this is somebody that has learning disabilities. I know it would be harder. The mailman's parked outside my house, but I already got a package today. I need... I'm actually... In, like, the next two weeks, I'm going to start a no-buy or, like, just way less buy. I do not need anything else. It's just, like, I don't know. It's been filling my anxiety to shop lately. It's not great. But where was I? Where was I? Oh, so Jace probably has a hard time in virtual school, so I can't imagine him doing it at the land. But I guess I also can't imagine him doing it with Barbara. Um, If he is in regular school, I don't think he could live with Janelle. I mean, I guess he could. It's just my understanding is that she lives like 45 minutes away from his school, which we know from Kale moving to Middleton from Dover is a really long time. So I am not sure quite exactly like where he's living, what the deal is, if he's there full time, if he's not. Um, Do I think it's believable that he's there full-time like in a world where we're not going on the word of Janelle because we don't trust Janelle for shit right in a world where we don't go by Janelle's word do I think it's possible that he lives with Janelle full-time yes I guess here's the reality is like I've always said Jace is gonna want to live with Janelle eventually like I have always thought that for a bunch of reasons. One is he is by himself over at Barbara's. I mean, I guess Gabe and little, well, I think Atlas lives in New Jersey, uh, Janelle's nephews. I think Gabe is there like semi-regularly, but it's just him. So maybe he doesn't like being an only child over there. Uh, Barbara is getting older. As we know, Barbara is a screamer. Now, <laughs> I'm sure there's screaming going on in Janelle's house, but I can see a world in which, like, Jace wants to go live with Janelle because I don't think they have as many rules. Um, He has a lot of kids to play with there. I mean, Ensley, Kaiser, and Marissa are all there. I don't know. It doesn't seem impossible to me that he's living with her full time. I just don't trust it on the word of Janelle. Like, I, because Janelle said it, I'm not like, oh, that's definitely true and definitely what happened. I just think it's possible that, like, I don't know. I don't know. You get what I'm, you get what I'm saying, basically. Like, I think it's possible based on just our knowledge. Also, like, Barbara's probably getting tired. She's getting older. We know Barbara, like, does anything to please Janelle. We know that she is like, recanted everything she said about David. So, it's possible. I hope for Jace's sake he's not living there full time. But I don't know. Maybe he likes it there full time. Maybe David doesn't take his rage out on him. I I don't know. Abusive homes are complicated, right? Like, just because we don't like David and we know that David is abusive doesn't mean that Jace doesn't like David. Now, I know earlier on the show, Mommy and David are pieces of shit. Jace said David 
she didn't want to be around David. Like, I do know that, but that was also a couple years ago now. And, you know, like, I... I didn't have the best home, but I still wanted to be there with my parents. And I can see a world in which Jace wants to be there. Who knows? Maybe David is doing a different type of drug and he's calmed down. I mean, I hope for everybody's sake that that is true. I can't imagine a world in which a child or anybody would choose to live with David. But I, when I'm thinking about situations like this, I really do try and like take myself and my adult sensibilities out of the equation. And I also try and look at it as like pretty unbiased because I think um, when it comes to this stuff where like Jace would never want to live with David. But like, we don't fucking know that. We don't know Jace. I don't know what Jace wants. How could I possibly know what Jace wants? Barbara screams a lot too. Barbara and Jace apparently have had physical issues. Remember when he called Janelle and said that Barbara hit him? Now, do I believe that that happened? Maybe not. Do I believe that Jace possibly called Janelle and said, Me, uh, what's he Mama? Mema? Mimi? What does he call her? I don't know. That she hit, that she hit him and he wasn't telling the truth, possibly. But I think it's fun on the land when it's fun. They get to play outside. They have like four wheelers and boats and they just do whatever the fuck they want. So I don't know. I guess, well, I was going to say we'll see, but like, will we see? (laughs) I don't know how we would find that out because they're not on the show. And I guess unless she starts just like constantly posting videos of him during the week, that's how we'll see that it's true. Or I guess if like Barbara comments on it, we'll see that it's true. I don't know. Things are very weird over there. Janelle is like constantly trying to convince us, of course, that everything's okay. Of course, it's not. I just like want to remind everyone that is sitting here like flabbergasted that it's possible that Jace would want to live with David, that you are not Jace. You are not a 10-year-old child. Janelle is not your mom. David is not your stepdad. Those are not your siblings. So don't try and like assume that you know what this child in this particular circumstance wants to do with his life and where he wants to live. Like this is a child with as far as we know, some mental health issues, learning disabilities, like he's uh, neuro- neurodivergent, like he has, that's what it's called, right? Neurodivergent. He has some issues. So I don't like you as like a healthy 35 year old, you would probably choose something different than an 11 year old that has had a really, really hard life. So that's kind of what I have to say on that. Um, until we get some proof I don't think they'll ever, like, go back to court, but I guess Janelle will probably start posting proof, and we'll see. I hope I hope if it's true that Jace is safe. that That's what I hope, that Jace is safe over there. I also bet that Janelle lets him play video games all day. He doesn't have a bedtime. Like, when you're a kid, you want to be at the fun house. You don't want to be at the house where you have rules. I don't know. Hopefully, do We haven't heard anything about David in a while, and I hope we continue to not hear anything. I'm surprised David didn't go to storm the Capitol. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that, because I don't think David, like, actively does anything political. Like, I would be kind of surprised if he, like, actually went and voted. I don't think he's registered to vote. I think Janelle is, and Janelle voted. But, like, I would be surprised if David, like, 
actively was was like going to rallies and being part of groups and organizing. Uh, I don't I don't see that for him, but we know, of course, he supported it. Okay, the other Teen Mom news is that the headlines say, (laughs) let's talk about the headlines of this. The headlines say that Amber was issued a restraining order against Andrew. And I was like, oh, shit. Then I click, click, click. And I realized like that, that's not what happened. Is like, that is what happened as far as like the legalese. And, like, the term that they use, I guess, in Indiana Family Court, but not, like, a PFA as we think of them on this show. Not a restraining order like we think of them to be. So, Amber, I guess, uh, claims that James, claims that Andrew went away over Christmas and she was supposed to have parenting time from, I think it was, like, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Christmas Day, and he denied the parenting time because he left town. Uh, So she wants him held in contempt of court. The restraining order is basically like Andrew has to stick to the schedule. I don't really know like why it's called a restraining order. I guess that's just what it's called there. Um, It doesn't actually like do anything. As far as this goes, if it's true, okay, it's hard for me to judge this. I have like a few things, right, going on that like, make me like, I don't know. So in order to properly judge this, like I need more info. Remember this time last year is actually on Christmas. Amber claimed this and filed a contempt of court motion and was like asking uh, him to get in trouble. And he was found that he didn't, he wasn't in contempt and that he didn't withhold visits. So one, this is all alleged, like we don't know what the outcome of this is going to be, but let's say like let's say that he did withhold this Christmas visit, okay? Regardless of why he did it, he is in the wrong because he's only hurting himself, right? He's only hurting James. He's only hurting his custody case. Like, he's the only one that really, like, comes away with this being a problem. So for that reason, I think it was stupid to do. But I will say, like, if Amber doesn't use her parenting time, which we know she does not for Leah, I can't blame Andrew for wanting to go away. Now, the thing is, though, if Amber doesn't use her parenting time, then why wouldn't his lawyer, well, maybe he can't afford to pay. I don't know. Why wouldn't his lawyer just go to the judge and ask for a, uh, like, a modification in schedule so he could take the trip? Because there, I just, like... If she's, like, if she's seen James all the time and, like, regularly sticking to her visitation schedule, then what he did is fucked up. That's fucked up. You don't get to decide what the schedule is. I, I guess they also have, like, a, a visitation meteor, meteor, mediator, like a court-appointed one, and he didn't check in with them. So I kind of think, also remember, like, Andrew didn't set up, like, the Family Wizard app for a long time. I don't know. I kind of think that Andrew probably fucked up here, but how I can understand like if Amber never uses her visiting time like I can understand why you are like I'm not gonna waste my time like contacting the court letting them know I'm gonna travel because she's not even gonna ask to see him but because this happened last year because it's a holiday like I think he should have assumed that she was gonna ask to see him so I guess we'll see what happens with that 
you know, Amber has been off social media, so we really don't know what the deal is. They really can't talk about James on social media, according to the court order. Um, I wonder if she'll be able to talk about him on the show and what's going on on the show. I kind of doubt it. I think as far as like Amber and Andrew and James goes, like we're not really going to have a lot of information on them for quite a long time, which is good for baby James, (laughs) but not good for us as the audience. So I guess we'll just see what the outcome of the court order is. I will say I think it's interesting that Amber is still on this tight, tight visitation schedule because... I mean, they had their fight July 4th, 2019, right? That was 2019. Yeah. July 4th, 2019. It's now January 2021. I'm pretty surprised that after they like had this court or this custody schedule for over a year that she then did not go and ask for it to be modified so that they had like joint custody or she got him for multiple days in a row because I do believe that their uh, agreement is I remember that Ashley said they agreed to like Indiana's standard like the standard plan that is issued in circumstances like this in which Amber got I think the visits are unsupervised at this point But she only gets him, like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from, like, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then they, like, switch off for holidays. So, like, you can't really do a lot of parenting when your child is only there. Like, your child doesn't stay the night with you. Like, I don't think she really has a lot of legal say over what's happening with James. So you would think that she would, like, ask for every other weekend or 50-50 if they had been successfully doing this agreement for over a year. Now, obviously, stuff has slowed up with COVID and the courts, but I just am curious, like, why this hasn't changed yet, why she hasn't asked for it to be changed. And part of me thinks maybe because she doesn't use her visiting time. And if Andrew, like, if she knows that she doesn't use her visitation time and they try and go to court and Andrew has a notebook of every single time that she missed their uh, visitation day, like, then she's not likely to get it. I also, I can see why she would, if that's the case, why she would go to court for the Christmas thing because she knows she's in the right. Because even if she has missed the last year of visits, he's still technically not allowed to then take the baby away and make the baby not eligible for that visit day. Like, she doesn't have to, unfortunately, sadly, uphold her end. Like, she could not see James for six months in a row and then pop up on a Monday and be like, it's my day to see him and you have to let me see him. Uh, because Andrew hasn't gone to the court and got anything modified. Like, those are still her days, and he still is supposed to comply to those custody schedules. Um, But once again, like, if this was an issue, I don't know why he's not back in court asking for this to be modified again, asking for the holidays, asking to be able to travel. So I'm just curious, like, what is really going on with them? Um, It's a shame that we don't know. Uh, We did find out that Andrew and baby James are still living in the house that They call Amber's house. I'm confused by this because does Amber own this house? I'm not 100% sure if she owns this house in her name. And if she does, I'm pretty surprised that Andrew is still in there. Um, Because remember, they were not married. So this is like not a joint asset. This is not marital property. And usually like if you are not married... 
I think it all goes back to this like order that they agreed to a year and a half ago. I think they agreed to their custody stuff like October-ish, September, October-ish, 2019. And I guess then she like agreed to let Andrew live in the house. And I guess what would happen was they were going to go back to court and modify it at a certain time. But it seems like they have not done that. And so it's just surprising to me that Andrew is still able to live in a house that Amber owns. I guess the other option is that she is ordered because she makes substantially more money than him, that she's ordered to pay for his living arrangement. And I wonder if her mortgage is like significantly lower than any rent would be. Because remember, like she lives in Indiana So the cost of living is not that high. We know that Jade had that whole little house for $900. um, But I wonder if like a two bedroom apartment costs about the same as or costs more than the mortgage on the house. So for Amber, she's like, well, fuck it. Just take the house. I'll keep paying for the mortgage. um, But then I don't have to pay even more for you. So I wonder if it's something like that. I can see why if that's the case that they would continue this arrangement. I just have questions about, I have questions about everything. I'm really curious to know if Amber sees the baby. I hope that we can find out when Andrew, like, replies to this contempt of court motion, the restraining order thing, because he will reply to it and hopefully we'll be able to get that information. I think that's the only way that we're going to find out what really happened. Okay, we will take a break and then we are going to get onto the reunion. I am so excited about the sponsor of today's episode uh, because you guys know I love my bed, right? I famously love bed. I'm recording this ad in this podcast right from my bed. So when Helix reached out and asked if they could send me a mattress to try out, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Please send that to me. With my old age, my back is starting to hurt. And while my old mattress was nice, it was just so soft that every day I woke up with a sore back. So I hopped on the Helix site and I took their two-minute sleep quiz, which I appreciated because I'm a side sleeper, but I need a firm mattress, but I also want to feel like I'm super cozy and in a soft bed. Basically, I'm really picky and I have a lot of specifics that I needed met. The quiz took all of those things into account. Thanks to the sleep quiz, you know you're getting the best possible mattress for you. Helix has soft, medium, and firm mattresses. They have options for cooling if you're a hot sleeper, like I am. I told you, I'm a picky, picky mattress sleeper. (laughs) Helix cares about everyone getting the mattress that works best for them and has options for all body types, including Helix Plus if you're plus size and you want a mattress specifically made for you. I took the Helix quiz and it recommended me the Midnight Lux. It's a perfect combo of soft, but there's still a lot of firmness. So I feel like my back is supported. It's so comfortable. So if you're looking for a mattress, check out Helix and take the quiz and see what they recommend for you. It comes shipped right to your door. Just go to helixsleep.com feathers. Take the two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you with the perfect mattress just for you. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 days risk-free. They'll even come and pick it up from your house for free if you don't love it, but trust me, you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com feathers. That's helixsleep.com F-E-A-T-H-E-R-S. Okay, the reunion. Look, I gotta say, I teared up a little bit at Chelsea. (laughs) Here's the thing. I cry at everything. I cry at everything. And like I've said a million times, I don't want Chelsea on this show, but like I'm genuinely happy for her. Like she 
found a great guy. She's happily married as far as we know. She has a beautiful little family and she now has enough money that she doesn't have to do this fucking show anymore, which is the ultimate goal, right? And I I don't know, like, look, I can pick apart Chelsea all fucking day long, all day long. Like I can pick about pick apart every single person that's on this show. But in reality, like Chelsea is so bland and there's nothing necessarily wrong with her. And so watching this, I was able to be like, oh, this is sweet. I mean, like watching anybody go from like such an abusive relationship to a happy relationship is really nice. It's really nice. And the relationship is not perfect. And Cole is not perfect. And I find the whole thing about like how she has her happy ending to be really fucking annoying really annoying. But in general, I am happy for her. The thing with the, like, Chelsea on her fairy tale ending thing is, like, she's, what, 29? I think Cole's my age. I think Cole's 32 and she's 29. What? That's not your happy ending? First of all, saying happy ending over and over again, I cannot think of it as anything but a massage happy ending. But Chelsea, like, she's still young, there's still a long time for them to break up. You know, in the when they're in their 70s and they're still together and still happy, then like then we'll talk about them having the fairy tale ending. But what I am happy for is she says like all she really wanted was a family and she got that. Like she got a family and she has a husband that she loves and like I mean, I think for Chelsea who has never had any real ambition in life, like I do believe Chelsea when she says like all she's ever really wanted was to be a wife and a mom. I mean, I personally have always kind of suspected that she got pregnant with Aubrey on purpose because she just like wanted to be a mom and didn't want to uh, like have to go to college or do any of that stuff. And also she thought it would be a way to tie Adam down. I'm not saying she was like trying to trap Adam. I think she was just like a 17 year old with the 17 year old's logic. (laughs) So I do kind of think she got pregnant with Aubrey on purpose. But I, like, if that's all she wants, we know that she doesn't really care about school or career or hobbies, seemingly. It seems like being a wife and mother has always been the thing that she wanted most, and now she has it. So, like, mazel tov. Mazel tov to you. I think it's, I think it's nice. Um, I think last week I didn't talk enough about Dr. Drew saying he's pissed that Chelsea was leaving the show. I found that to be a very weird sentiment. Like, when he said he was pissed and surprised. I was very confused. Like, I don't, first of all, the word pissed is, like, kind of aggressive. Like, I'm pissed off. Like, I really only use pissed when I'm, like, legitimately angry. I thought he would say something more like, I'm so disappointed. Like, I'm really gonna miss you. I'm just sad. Like, I, like, if he said I'm sad and surprised, like, that would have made sense. But, like, what is there to be mad about? Like, why would anybody be mad that Chelsea's leaving this show? Even if Chelsea's your favorite, like, you wouldn't be pissed that she's leaving this show. You'd just be like, okay, well, I'm not watching this anymore because Chelsea's the only one I watch for, which I I guess is true for some people. I mean, Heike cannot relate, but that's apparently a thing. So I can see that, or I can, like, see if Chelsea's your favorite being, like, oh, I'm gonna miss her so much. But you're not pissed. Like, you're not angry at Chelsea. Like, anybody with half a brain understands why Chelsea is leaving this show. (laughs) Like, she has made enough money. She has parlayed into a successful influencer career, and she doesn't have to put her shit on TV anymore. 
Like, that's the dream. If you're a teen mom, that's what you want. You don't want to have to do this fucking show anymore because this show sucks. Not just, like, watching this show sucks, but being on this show sucks. Like, having to deal with an asshole like me doing a podcast about you is probably really fucking annoying. I wouldn't want anyone doing a podcast about me. <laughs> I don't, I can't even read my reviews for this podcast because they upset me. <laughs> Because I'm kind of sensitive. I will say I think I do have, like, kind of a thicker skin than a lot of people in situations like this. Just from being trolled on the internet for so many years of my life. But in general, like, I am... I don't like to see the criticism myself. So I can't imagine what it's like to have all of your teen and young adulthood, like, on TV with everybody pulling it apart. So who wouldn't want to leave this show? We found out the baby's due February 16th. Oh, and we got an explanation on why Chelsea looks so shitty. <laughs> Apparently, they came to the house. They set everything up, MTV. And then um, she found out she was exposed. I don't She's like, we did a survey, and it turns out I was exposed to somebody with COVID. And I was like, what? They came to your house, and then you realize that? I don't know. I was a little confused by the series of events that happened. But I guess what they did is they just, like, left all the equipment and were like, you go, girl. And that's why it was so poorly shot and lit. (laughs) Chelsea even was like, if it looks bad, it's my fault. I found Chelsea really likable, actually, in this episode. I think now that I'm like, no, that I don't have to watch her in this fucking show, I'm like, I like Chelsea. (laughs) I do maintain, though, like, as a person... I've never disliked Chelsea. I just look at her in the context of this TV show. And I talk about her in the context of this TV show. I also think that, like, in real life, Kale's probably, like, nice to be friends with. She seems to have a lot of friends. And, I mean, I bet, like, people that I cannot fucking stand in the context of this show. Like, Macy. I bet Macy's fine to be friends with. But I don't really care for Macy in the context of the show. I'm thinking of them as characters, not necessarily real people. I think some of them are like they're on the show. Like, Janelle and Amber can't really help it. But I think for the most part, like, a lot of them... I mean, I probably wouldn't be friends with Kale because I always forget when I'm like, I think Kale's okay. Like, forget she's an anti-vaxxer. I forget she's, like, physically abusive. I, like, forget all of that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Right. Okay, right. (laughs) Oh, God. Are we going to get the COVID vaccine soon? I just saw that Biden announced that he wants to have 100 million people vaxxed in his first 100 days. I mean, I'm down. I We did find out that legal services is in 1C. Like, right now they're in 1A phase in Pennsylvania. And then they go to 1B, which is, um, like, people with chronic illness and people over the age of 65 and grocery store workers. I don't know why it's not all retail workers. I feel like anybody working in retail, like, forward-facing retail, absolutely should be in 1B. I mean, I think this whole rollout, right, has been bad. But in 1C is... Um, like, a bunch of different essential workers and all legal services are in there. So our office is, I mean, everybody in our office is getting the vaccine as far as I know. And we will all be getting it in the 1C phase. So hopefully that will be soonish. I mean, I don't, where, where will I even go to get the vaccine? I don't know. I don't have a fucking doctor. Let me tell you quickly. I needed a new albuterol inhaler. I do not have a primary care physician because I have terrible insurance and I just like ignore my health. 
Um, usually I go to urgent care when I need to see a doctor. It's not a great system. Maybe that will be a 2021 goal to get a regular primary care doctor. I think I'm actually, that is going to be a 2021 goal. I'm saying this now. I'm going to call up my doctor that I've had for many years and see if she's in my, covered by my health insurance. My health insurance doesn't cover anyone, but I'll figure it out. So I'm going to go see her. Okay, that is something that I'm going to be doing. But I needed a new albuterol inhaler, so I went online and I went to one of, I just like Googled get an albuterol inhaler online and this site came up that's like a telehealth site. I think it was called Push. I honestly don't even remember the name of it. But what you did is you filled out a form of why you needed the prescription that you need. You can't get controlled substances, like you can't get Xanax or Adderall or whatever on there or opiates, I'm sure. But for something like albuterol, or I bet if you have like a sinus infection, you can maybe get Prezodone on there would be my guess, like things like that. So I filled it out and then they send it to a doctor that's in my area and I paid $60, which like I said, I have really bad health insurance. So if I go to urgent care, I usually have to pay like $125. Um, I don't have like a $30 copay situation. So I paid $60. The doctor approved my prescription and called it in without even having to talk to them. (laughs) I didn't even have to exchange texts with it or like a a back and forth IM. It was thrilling. I was so happy. She also included two refills on there. So that's like three years worth of inhaler. I'm hyped. I'm really hyped. Inhalers are expensive, by the way. And also, if you have an albuterol inhaler, did you notice that they have changed the design of the inhalers and now the cap like isn't like attached to it anymore with the plastic hangy thing. Uh, thankfully, I still had my old inhaler. So I just put the albut- the new albuterol in that one. Anyway, I'm off topic. But if you need something very, very, very simple like an inhaler and you've had inhalers in the past, I would recommend, and you don't have health insurance or whatever the situation is, I would definitely recommend a site like that. Anyway, of course, I'm off topic because we're talking about Chelsea and what's there to say on topic. Uh, We find out that Chelsea thinks that a big part of her anxiety last year was that she was breastfeeding, which I think makes total sense. Look, Chelsea had two kids under the age of two, right? I think Watson and Lane are 18 months apart. She had two very young kids. She was breastfeeding Lane, and she had a lot of anxiety. It makes sense to me. Um, We talk about Grandma Donna a little bit, and Aubrey texts her, uh, Chelsea's like, I think they text, I think Grandma Donna texts her a lot. So I don't, I don't really know what that means. And Dr. Drew asks about the custody situation and she says they just never replied to the letter and accepted the custody change, which I think is fine. They probably were just like, okay, that's what we're going to do. Like, it's not even worth it to us to, obviously, here's the thing. I think Chelsea clearly set the tone by having the lawyer send this instead of, having, um, you know, like, instead of just reaching out to her like a normal person would do, sorry, not sorry to say, she just was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the lawyer send it. I think that they were like, well, Chelsea obviously doesn't want to talk to us about this. So we're not going to contact Chelsea, which I think makes total fucking sense. And so why would they pay their lawyer to like tell Chelsea's lawyer that they agree to it? That to, like, I'm sure Donna was just like, okay, we'll just go with it. I think it's sad that they don't talk at all, but that Chelsea and Donna don't talk at all. But, you know, it's what Chelsea wants. So 
it's what it's going to be. Okay, Cole comes out. They talk a lot about how Cole helps with her anxiety. I thought that it was good that Cole acknowledged that, like, at first, all he wanted to do was, like, smother her to fix her anxiety. Um, But now he's learned that, like, he has to step back and actually listen to what she needs. I think that is a really good progress. I think Cole's just super needy. He's super, super needy, and that's not a quality that I would like, but I also think that's what Chelsea needs. They talk about how he, like, leaves her lists of positive affirmations and sends her these, like, crazy supportive texts. I think that Chelsea needs her partner 24-7 to be telling her how perfect she is. I've said multiple times I think that Chelsea didn't actually have her self-esteem fixed. What she did is she got a new significant other who gave her her self-esteem. But I do, like, I hope that with the new stuff that she's doing via Instagram and Lori Bell's, I mean, (laughs) as lame as I may think it is, I hope maybe she is getting some, like, real-world self-esteem because this is the first time that she's doing work that's, like, not MTV-related, essentially. I mean, I know she did get her esthetician's license and she did it for, like, six months, but I think for the most part, (laughs) we can all agree that the only work Chelsea's really done is for MTV. And I hope that, like, through this, she's able to gain some more self-esteem because it's just not good if your partner is, like, the person that is your only outlet. It's just not good. Your only outlet is self-esteem. I think that's... Oh, the one thing that Chelsea says is that the main reason they decided, the main reason they decided to um, leave is because of Aubrey, which I, I totally agree with. Out of all of the kids, let's be real, Aubrey's, like, out of all of the Teen Mom storylines, like, Aubrey is the kid that has, like, the biggest part of the storyline. Um, because Chelsea doesn't really have anything going on in her own life, All of their stories are about Adam and Aubrey. And I don't think that's the case for any of the other moms, at least as far as Teen Mom 2. I would say maybe Leah and Amber have that a little bit. But I don't know, because Gary's kind of like a good intermediary and Amber's the main character. I'm off topic. But what I'm saying is, like, I think that Aubrey's relationship with her dad is really significant to Chelsea's storyline, as we all know. And that isn't really fair to Aubrey. Like, I mean, when's the last time we heard something about, like, Isaac on... I mean, we hear stuff about Isaac. We did hear stuff about Isaac this season. But, like, Lincoln... I mean, I we don't really hear anything about Lincoln. Like, we don't really hear anything about the twins as far as, like, their personal relationship with their parents. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, kids on Team Mom 2 that have, like, a bad... I mean, Nova's now starting to get it with Devon. Nova's still a little younger than Aubrey is, though. You know, I think she's two years younger than Aubrey is. So Nova's going to be, unfortunately for Nova, Nova's going to be the next one that has to deal with this, I think. But Aubrey really is the main part of Chelsea's storyline. And she said that it started to make her feel sick to watch it. And I think if that's happening, then it totally makes sense to leave the show. She said that she was watching a scene of her and Aubrey talking and she just like could never, she never wants to like risk their open and honest relationship for this show. And she wants Aubrey to be able to come to her and tell her things that she then doesn't have to worry about being on TV. And I totally respect that. I I wish, though, that they would be honest and be like, hey, I've also started influencing. I've put my name on a bunch of brands and we're making a lot of money. 
And I don't need this show anymore. The reason I've stayed on this show so long, even though it's never been like my favorite thing in the world, is because it's provided my family and I a really nice life and we just don't need it anymore. Why do more people not talk about money? (laughs) I just want to know. You know, they do a montage of all the reunions. Dr. Drew cries. Chelsea cries. The part that I cried (laughs) The part that I cried at and like I choke up a little thinking about it. Um, was when she was talking about how she didn't deserve Cole. Why is this like making me emotional today? I don't know. In one of the past reunions, and I remember this, I remember this is why I mean like I don't think Chelsea has self-esteem outside of Cole. Chelsea saying like, I don't deserve him. Like I just don't deserve him. And Cole, like after they watch that flashback, Cole is like, you know, it's really hard to hear Chelsea say that she doesn't deserve me because she deserves everything about me and beyond me. She deserves everything. And she is good enough to deserve this. And I just thought, why am I crying? I don't know. I just thought it was really nice. Like, even though I just said, like, how cheesy it is with Cole and how I think he's needy. Like, I do think, I think why it was making me cry because I just, like, we watched Adam in a lot of these and just, like, how awful Adam was to her. And, like, in all the clips of Adam, she's crying. (laughs) Like, he's being mean to her. Like, you just like remember how awful it was. And so it's nice that she has this happy family and I am genuinely happy for her. And I don't know, when they play sentimental music on anything, like catch me crying. Like truly, I cry at everything. (laughs) Also, they were like, do you have any advice for blonde hair Chelsea? Uh, It's cute though. She says to Cole, she's like, would you like blonde hair Chelsea's? Like, I love her. And Chelsea's like, my advice to her is that you are good enough. It's going to be okay. Just keep fucking going because it's going to be amazing. And that's nice. Look, look at me falling. Look at me being like, I hate that they say they have a happy ending and then I'm crying because I'm like, Chelsea got her happy ending. (laughs) I don't know. I'm an emotional person. I like, I would rather be emotional than not emotional though. I like to, I like to feel like that. So, au revoir, Chelsea. It's a la- that's the last time we're going to see Chelsea in new Teen Mom episodes. That's the last time we're going to be talking about Chelsea in new episodes of, like, that we're watching for Feathers in My Hair. I mean, obviously, there'll be, like, flashback episodes where she comes up, and I'll probably keep up with the news. But this is the last time I'm recapping a new segment for Chelsea, and I, for one, am thrilled. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Okay, so, Kale... I did write down that Kale should have had an abortion. (laughs) Look, Creed is truly one of the cutest fucking babies I've ever seen in my life. If you have not seen an updated picture of Creed lately, take yourself to Kale's Instagram. That baby is so fucking photogenic. He is so alert. I swear to God, since he was six weeks old, he's been posing for pictures. He is so alert. He is so cute. But every time... I think about the circumstances to which he was born. I just cannot understand why Kale went through with it. I mean, I guess she went through with it because she, in her heart of hearts, hoped that it would bring Chris back to her. But I just, I just constantly am like, she should not have done this. And obviously, I'm not saying, like, it's bad that Creed was born, but I don't think Kale made the best choice here. She's just, like, locked herself even harder to Chris 
Also, she said that Creed is a really hard baby. I think he's very colicky. Remember, we saw that they thought he was tongue-tied and then he wasn't tongue-tied. He cries all the time. I'm not saying that you should have gotten an abortion because your baby cries all the time. I'm just saying, like, I still think that Kale, Kale's correct choice would have been to not bring another baby into this situation. But she did, and the baby's here, so it is what it is. I hope that doesn't sound fucked up, where I'm like, I hope that people who listen to this understand what I'm saying by this. And I'm only talking about this because it came up. They talked about that she considered getting abortion, and she went to the clinic. And I just think that, like, Kale, Kale has, like, determined to make her life so much harder. But look, she felt like she couldn't go through with it, so she couldn't go through with it. What's it, like, that's not for me to be... I don't want people to think I'm, like, like going on to Kale's Instagram page and being like, you should have had a fucking abortion. <laughs> I just mean as far as, like, the context of the show, she, like, not just the context of the show, but, like, what we see on this show, I wish that she did not bring another baby into the mess that is her and Chris. Still no mention of Kale getting arrested, by the way. Not a peep. I think she has court for that this, like, coming up soon because I'm. it was in January. I wonder what's going on with that. So they talk about her mom calling and she said she hadn't called in three years. I did think this was interesting because Dr. Drew's like, well, you know, like, maybe she, what he was trying to say is, like, do you think she was sober and he, she was trying to make amends? And Kale was like, no, she's, on, when she calls, she's drunk. Ugh, Susie just makes me so sad. It makes me really, really sad. Um, They bring up Wawa. And Nessa basically is like, so let's talk about Wawa. Like, why did he change his mind on meeting halfway in the first place? And Kale, I usually cannot stand when Kale shuts stuff down. I find it to be so annoying. Like I said in the last episode, I was so annoyed when she was like, I'm not talking about that with Brie. But I think she actually handled the Wawa conversation on the reunion pretty well, all things considered. She basically said, you know, I'm so embarrassed by what happened. I feel awful about it. I, like, this is the first time that I have felt real consequences for speaking on somebody else's relationship. I don't like the way it feels. I don't like that I did it. And I don't want to speak on anything that has to do with their relationship. And I think that that's the right choice. Like, for me as an audience member, of course I want her to speak on it. Of course. But she's right. Like, anything they talk about is going to be dragging this out. Anything. Like, there's nothing they can say about this entire situation that won't be Kale bringing up the drama again and, like, dragging Hobby and Lauren into it. And I think that if she really is serious about, you know, respecting Lauren and keeping a good relationship with Javi, then, like, you don't you don't talk about the Wawa incident again. I think, but I think she said it in a way that wasn't obnoxious to me because I usually find it very obnoxious when Kale refuses to talk about stuff. But when she said it in here, I think the reason that I appreciated it is because she wasn't just like, I'm not talking about that, which is usually her MO. And the reason I don't like that is because I feel like she's avoiding like accountability. I guess I liked that she was able to bring it up. I mean, obviously Nessa brought it up, but she was able to bring it up she was able to talk about her part in it and take accountability for her role in it, but also not make any more drama out of it. I actually do think that that is an impressive skill for Kale. I don't think she's had that skill in the past. I think that she says she's been in therapy for a year. 
look, here's the thing. Therapy doesn't fucking change people overnight. For some people, it never changes them. Um, Especially if you aren't getting the right type of therapy, especially if you have some other issues going on at the same time. Uh, For people with a lot of trauma, like Kale has, it can take years and years and years, you know? But I do think that, like, if she's made one progress in therapy, just one single ounce of progress, the fact that she was able to take accountability here and then also not continue to drag it out while, like, pretending to take accountability, I personally respect. Now, I'm sure someone will be in my comments being like, she went on her podcast this week and called Lauren a cunt. Like, I'm sure that will happen because, God forbid, I, like, say something nice about Kale and then because Kale always proves me wrong when I try and say something nice about her, not like people commenting. What I'm saying is like, I try and be nice and fair to Kale and then she does something like goes and gets herself arrested for hitting Chris. So I don't know. I I thought it was a good way to address it, to just be like, I cannot talk about this because if I talk about this, I will be speaking on things that are not my business. But this made me feel bad. It was really upsetting. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be like this. And I thought that was good. And she says, I hope people see the growth in me after this year of therapy. And while Kale still has a trillion issues, a trillion issues, there's she has barely made any growth in most of her life. I will say I do personally think that answer she gave about Wawa was growth. I do. I can see. I really appreciate when someone can take accountability for their actions without then continuing to defend themselves. That's a very hard thing to do. It is very, very hard to apologize for something and like get on your platform. And even in real life, like, you know you're in the wrong, but you still understand the motivation for why you did what you did. And so it's very hard to be like, I was wrong, period. Like, (laughs) period, the end. Like, I know I really struggle with this because I am such an overthinker and I, like, It's just really hard for me to be like, that was totally my fault because I want to always be like, well, you know, but actually, I mean, I really only did this because you did that. Like, I shouldn't have done it, but like, I was reacting to you. Like, that's one of my, that's not a good habit that I have. It's not something that I, it's something that I'm trying, like, constantly trying to work on because nobody wants to hear that. Um, I will say it's like something that I really learned in AA. Like, that's been one of the most important things that I learned in AA when you do a fourth step and you take your inventory and then when you go through it with a sponsor and you really look at your part in everything and you start trying to justify it and then your sponsor usually is like let's not like let's not go there let's just look at your part and then when you make amends like you the way that you make amends is like you don't get to bring up your, like, your bad feelings at all. Like, it has to be total amends. And I'm not saying I did it perfectly. I know I didn't do it perfectly. But I do think that I really learned from the 12 steps, like, how to look at my part in things and make them separate from causes and only, like, apologize for that. But it's very hard to do. It's very hard to do. I... Definitely, I'm not perfect with it. I fuck up all the time with it, uh, but I try and be aware of it. Because here's the thing, like, I think it's just like a natural human reaction to want to be like, 
I did this for a reason. Like I feel, I think especially when you feel bad about what you did, because it's like, I didn't want to hurt you, but I need you to understand like why I did it in the first place. Because like, I need you to understand like why I would do something so bad. Like you're just like trying to justify yourself and your behavior. And that really doesn't help anybody. You know, like if that other person wants to apologize for their part, then they can apologize for their part. Like a lot of amends I made, the person apologized for their part at the end. Like after, like when they responded to me, they were like, okay, yeah, like you, you did that, but I also did this and I totally forgive you for, like there was definitely that, but some people that in my opinion, like if, if I'm being honest, in my opinion, like owe me an amends, did not respond that way. But you know what? That's their right. And I don't get to like sit here and justify it because the reality is, is like only I'm in control of my actions and only I am the one that decides what I do. And so I don't get to apologize, but also blame that person. So I thought that was good. I thought that was good growth from Kale. Um, so they also talk about Kale, Kale's like, I'm surprised Chris came to the labor. You know, when I started to, like, go into labor, I thought he deserved to know. So I called him and I was surprised to see him at my door. And I'm like, okay. They talk about the betrayal of his aunt putting out the sonogram. And Kale says, like, I just felt really betrayed because she was the person in Chris's family I was closest with. And then she's like, and I kind of felt forced into the decision. Because I guess at this point, when Chris's aunt had posted the sonogram, she was still unsure if she was going to get an abortion or not. And that's fucked up. And I would really, really feel for her if she had to. Well, I guess she could have just never addressed it until like, I kind of feel like if she did go through with an abortion, she would have put it on the show. You know, Kale, well, she hasn't talked about the arrest on the show, but I will say for the most part, like Kale will at least show us some of the stuff. Then she'll, like, shut it down and stomp away. But she'll at least, like, give us a peek into it. And I can't really imagine Kale getting pregnant and having an abortion and, like, not being part of the show. That seems really unlikely to me. But I would feel very bad if, like, Kale had to then come out and address it because somebody forced her to address it. I mean, she could have just been like, that's not, like, just lied forever and been like, no, that's not me. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why she posted that. That's not real. I don't really know what to tell you and just like refuse to ever admit to it. But it does suck, especially if she like really was felt like she couldn't go through with it because now everybody knows and will judge her because, you know, abortion's so stigmatized. I don't know. I I felt for her there. It's fucked up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Even (laughs) going back to like taking accountability for just your side of the behavior, like it doesn't really matter what Kale did. Like nobody had the right to put her pregnancy online. Like nobody had that right. And for his aunt to do that is fucked up. It is. I'm on Kale's side there. So Kale says that she has learned to keep her mouth shut more, which mm, I don't really think so. To that, I say, did you? (laughs) Can you tell me when? How? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. She also says that she wants to give herself more grace because if most people had their 20s, like, aired on TV, they would look really bad too, which I think is fair to a point. Kale, she's right to a point, but 
Kale really is still making some really actively bad choices. And I think I hate to bring up Chelsea in comparison to someone else, but I do kind of think that Chelsea is like the comparison here where like a lot the first five years of her being on the show or whatever, like she was fucking messy and sloppy and like in this terrible relationship and making no progress in her life and failing out of beauty school and just like being a total fuck up. And then she like slowly started to get better and her life came together a lot more. And she's not perfect, but like I think she can probably look at the last four, five, four to five years and be like, I really grew a lot and I changed a lot about my life and I'm happy with that. Uh, Leah, I would say, falls into this. I mean, (laughs) compared to where she was when she was, what, 24, 25 and where she is now, like she's in a significantly better place, a significantly better place. And I like... while she still fucks up and she's not perfect, like she's made a lot of growth. And I don't think the same can be said about Kale. I think that she's still making really bad decisions (laughs) by evidence of the fact that she had Creed six months ago. Like she got arrested in September. Like she's still dealing with Chris. She's still creating drama. I just don't think that, I think that you should have grace for yourself. Yes, because beating yourself up won't actually get you anywhere, right? Like, it's not going to actually make your life better to beat yourself up. But at the same time, like, I do think that you need to... It's hard for me to be like, give yourself grace when you haven't really seemed to get better in almost any situation. (laughs) I would say for somebody like Leah, give give yourself grace. Like, well, I mean, I think Leah has, right? Like, <laughs> no one has forgiven Leah more than Leah, which is good. I still am, guys, I'm just still not over Leah, like, just never acknowledging her kids. Somebody said that she blames Corey for her, like, the any trauma that's on her girls, she blames Corey, and I think that's true. I believe that to be true. Um, somebody on Reddit said that their ACE scores were probably going to be high, their adverse childhood experience scores, which I agree with. And then I am wondering, like, what, how your ACE score, your adverse childhood experience score is affected when all of that is filmed and available for you to rewatch whenever you want. <laughs> I feel like that has to, that has to add to it. But yeah, I, I just, I don't know, Kale, give yourself a little more grace when you're like, really making changes in your life because I don't really see them happening. Okay, so V comes out with ugly makeup on. Did you guys notice this? She had like pink in the inner corners of her eyes. It looked crazy. Her eyeshadow looked crazy. Um, I will say the body language in this was very bizarre. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but uh, Kale's like sitting on one side of the couch and V's like totally on the other side of the couch and her like, she's sitting to the right of Kale, and she, like, is facing the right, and, like, her left shoulder is pointing at Kale. She didn't look happy to be there. I don't know. It was a weird vibe going on there, but I don't think that there is any issues. I don't, maybe they're just, like, V was just, like, annoyed at MTV or something that day. I did think that was bizarre. I wonder if anybody else realized that. I know people always speculate, like, V actually hates Kale. She just keeps the peace. But I don't think that's true because you don't get into a business arrangement with someone to keep the peace. I was glad to hear that they like 
apparently have a legal agreement regarding the podcast and they've agreed to split it 50-50. I think that was very smart of them. They, Kale's like, you know, it really helped that like we went into this like knowing it was a business. And I, I was like, I, I think that's very smart. I think they probably have some sort of, they had a lawyer draw up some sort of contract and good for them for that. I mean, I think as far as I know, like everything is fine. The podcast is still going and they're still making money on it. So I'm sure V and Kale are fine. It just was weird body language. Um, Kale, they briefly talk about counseling and Kale says like she really liked going to counseling with Joe. She wishes they could go more and she would like to go with Javi. And yeah, I agree. I agree that her and Javi should be going to counseling. And then maybe her, Javi, and Lauren at one point, if Lauren would be willing to do it. Um, I think maybe Joe could even be there too. <laughs> Bring Chris in. Have like a group therapy session with everybody that's uh, like related to K- Kale's kids somehow. <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's bring it on home with Devon, who desperately needs to log off the internet. I have really, like Devon will go online and make good points, but then finish it with like, Bree's a fucking bitch. And it's like, okay, um, <laughs> that doesn't make you look better. He just went and paid for half of Nova's gymnastics, I guess. And he posted a receipt of it. And it's like, cool. Congrats. Like your daughter's 10 and you've started financially contributing. Like that's good. And I, like I saw some comments on Reddit are like, he has to do this because he gets dragged. And it's like, he doesn't have to do shit when it comes to the internet. Like, Devon could have a private Instagram account and keep that shit private. And honestly, people wouldn't be talking that much about it. I think that the Brie and Devon stuff has gotten a lot more attention because Devon's been posting online so much. Maybe that was his goal. I think they got pay increases. Um, So is this Brie's fourth season, third season? So it would be her fourth season of Teen Mom, technically. I wonder if they, they're filming a new season now and they got a big bump because Devon apparently isn't working at his job anymore. He's able to pay for gymnastics. So it definitely seems like there has been, Bree's been buying a lot of shit. Definitely seems like there's been a big pay bump, which they deserve because Bree, I mean, this season was the most dramatic of everybody. Well, maybe Jade. I don't know. Between Jade and Bree. They deserve more money. They really do. So Dr. Drew brings up that because there's a difference. So Roxanne comes out and Dr. Drew says that because there's a difference in salary, um, the child support needs to be proportional. Roxanne and Brittany are out. And to that I say, shut the fuck up, Drew. She has never asked Devon for half. She does say in this episode, why can't he pay half of her gymnastics? But I think she just is saying that because she's like, she wants him to be able to do that. She has asked him for $250 a month. She has asked him for a proportional amount. She has. And Roxanne is like, look, Brie is supporting both of her children. She's supporting herself and she's helping me and Brittany because her Roxanne and Brittany live with Brie for free. Uh, I've seen a lot of talk about this online, and my understanding is Roxanne has always had a job. I don't, I'm, Brie says that she works as a manager at a skincare company, and a lot of people are like, oh, sounds like an MLM. 
I feel like if Roxanne was in an MLM, we would know because how can you be in an MLM and have such a big platform like Roxanne and not constantly be pushing it? Um, I'd be pretty surprised. I think Roxanne has a job, a normal job. I don't think Brittany does, but I think that Brittany is able to like live on her teen mom money because she doesn't live largely at all. I think she just lives like a normal existence. She probably makes like, I would bet maybe from MTV, she makes like after taxes, like 30000 a year, which is probably after taxes how much she would be making at like a job that she could work. So she probably lives like she would if she had a like entry level job or like a job that she would be able to get. I don't think Britt has a college degree. Um, I don't know if she has a lot of work experience. So I kind of have a feeling what she makes from MTV, while not enough to ball out, is enough when and she doesn't have to pay rent. So you know, I've seen a lot of, like, Brie shouldn't be supporting her mom. Um, Brie tweeted that, like, it's her job to support her mom as a daughter. And look, it is not Brie's job to support her mom. It's not. But I think people need to remember that, one, Roxanne is sick. She has a chronic illness. She has lupus. Um, So I think that when you have a parent, I think that Brie, like, understands that she's going to be in a caretaker role for her mom eventually. And I think that it's like a cultural mentality. I don't think any child should feel like they have to do that for their parent and that like that's their job as a child. But I also like don't see a huge problem in Brie taking care of Roxanne, especially because Roxanne like basically helped like, I mean, she's been Brie's co-parent, you know, like I mean, as far as co-parenting goes, Brie co-parents with Roxanne. So I don't really see the issue in Brie supporting Rox because Rox supports Brie so much. Now, do they have a lot? Oh my God, they're doing a special. They haven't done a Bean special in a while, but I guess they're doing a Brianna's Family Secret. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be about. Apparently, Brie has a brother that's going to be included in this. I'm a little confused. I wonder what it's going to be like. Roxanne says that, like, you know, Brie works three or four jobs, so why can't Devon get a second job? Um, And so Devon comes out, Devon is out, and Devon is like, this is my second job. Teen Mom is my second job. And Roxanne's like, no, Teen Mom is pocket money. So I am curious as to how much Devon gets paid for this. Um, I also think that if she's counting MTV as one of Bree's job, I think that makes a little more sense. Like I said, I, as far as we know, Devon and Brittany get paid the same amount. And I just said that, like, Brittany seems to be able to live off of it, but Brittany doesn't pay rent and doesn't have a child to support. Where Devon has to pay his own rent, has to pay for a car, has to pay for a child that he fathered. So it's not really comparable, to, at least in my opinion, to, care Brittany, uh, to compare Brittany and Devon. Because Devon seems to have a lot more responsibilities. Um, so Devon is like, Devon says something very weird. He said that Brianna's had a head start from day one because of MTV. And because she's had teen mom this whole time. What is he talking about? Roxanne's like, we did that for one season and then it was gone. Like, yeah, I guess she was probably able to make some money on Instagram. But before she came back on teen mom, she was not... I guarantee you she was not making a lot of money influencing. It's why she had that fucking, she's had the same job for so many years. Like, they were not living large or making a lot of money off of Brie being on one season a teen mom. That was 
to me, that was that didn't make any sense when Devon brought that up. It really didn't make any sense. I don't understand why he said that. And Roxanne clocked it right away. Um, Drew says, I wrote down, Drew says Devon is alone for what he does. Oh, so I think Dr. Drew is trying to say, like, Devon is alone and, like, nobody gives him support in trying to parent. And <laughs> Devon's even like, well, no, that's not true. <laughs> because, no, like, here's the thing. Roxanne is annoyed that um, Devon doesn't, like, pay child support. But Roxanne is extremely supportive of Don, Don, of Devon and also Lewis. Like, I mean, she's invited Devon and his family over Thanksgiving. It seems like anytime there's a gymnastics meet, it's Roxanne that's inviting Devon to come along. Like, I think that he actually is kind of supported in this. They're just mad about money, which is reasonable. By the way, I don't remember if I mentioned this last week, but, um, that episode where Roxanne was accused of saying the N-word did replayed in Australia without being censored because Australia gets the uncensored teen mom and she calls him a dick. She does not say the N-word. She clearly calls him a dick. Um, like I said, I mean, I'm glad that clip came out because that was, and it will, it will turn into like a teen mom lore, but at least now there's a link to be able to be like, this is not true because I cannot stand in the teen mom fandom when this type of shit becomes fact when it's not true. And if there was never an uncensored version, like that shit would have been in 10 years, people would still be mentioning it. So I guess it's good that that came out. Okay. So, um, there is like, and even like in the next thing, Dr. Drew brings up like, remember, well, I remember when you were getting arrested for cannabis. I noticed he's calling it cannabis now. I wonder if he's like invested in the medical marijuana field. Um, and the systematic issues with that and, Roxanne goes, mm-hmm, that's true. That's true. Like, Roxanne is agreeing that Devon, like, faced a lot of issues because he's black and got arrested for weed and, like, had a lot of his life fucked up for that. Devon is like, well, that's being a black man in America. And it's totally true. It's totally true. So Brittany comes out. So it's Roxanne, Brittany, and Devon. And Devon says, like, or Dr. Drew says that, you know, if they're parenting 50-50, whoever makes more financially should have to pay more. And Brittany's like, no. Devon has a child. He needs to pay 50-50 for that child. The thing is, I don't know why Drew is bringing that up because they don't have 50-50 custody. Why? That's not relevant, Dr. Drew. He's being such a dick. He is so team Devon and he's pushing so hard for Devon. And Devon, Devon is a deadbeat. He, I hope now that he's making more money on Team Mom, he is contributing more, but I don't understand why he's being, Dr. Drew is supporting him so much. So, um, Roxanne is like, you know, look, Brie does make more, but she just wants Devon to do more. So then Devon leaves and Brie comes out and Brie is like, here's the thing. Why is Devon always counting my money when I just went into his dressing room and he's like in head to toe Gucci and Louis Vuitton? A point was made. Now, is it possible that he's in fake Gucci and Louis Vuitton? Sure. Absolutely. But is, is it possible he's not? Yeah, it is. (laughs) She's like, so why, why is he always counting my money when he clearly has money? He's just not spending it on his daughter. Um, she also says that she finds it frustrating because, uh, Devon will ask for more responsibility. And then when he gets it, he can't handle it. She says that, you know, he'll have Nova over at the house and Nova will text Bree saying that she's bored and her dad is ignoring her. 
he'll get she'll get home from Devon's house and none of her homework is done. Uh, he's always late picking her up and dropping her off. And like, those are valid points. If he wants to be like in Nova's life more and be more responsible, then he needs to just like he needs to be on time and he needs to be doing things right. So uh, Brittany thinks that they should all go to therapy together, which I totally agree. And Brie is crying that people don't know that let her know that she's a good mom. Um, And Britt and Roxanne are like, nope, nobody's perfect, but you're a good mom who does everything for the kids. Which, look, do I think she's a good mom? I don't know. I think she's fine. And I think that she does do everything for her kids. And I think that Devon does need to step up more. And I wonder if it is true that every time Nova's over there, he's just playing video games and ignoring her. I hope that's not the case, but it might be. It probably is. And I just really need Devon to stop posting so much. I really need him to stop posting so much. All right, guys, that's it for this week. Look, turns out there was enough. I know this is a little bit on the shorter side, but I have homework to go do and we got it over an hour. I feel like if I come in over an hour, we're a-okay. Anyway, I hope everyone has a nice week. And when I talk to you next week, Donald Trump will no longer be president. Wow, that feels good to say. It's so crazy that this podcast started like two weeks before he was inaugurated. And now he's on his way out. You know, it's a blessing. All right, guys. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.